Next Talk contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Today we're doing a show called Overcoming Overprotectiveness. This should be a colorful show. Do you hear who that is? That's not Kim. That's my husband, Matt. He is joining us on the show today. Just me. I'm in the studio with him. And uh, you can probably imagine why I have him here if we're having a show on overprotectiveness. <laughs> so we may step on some toes today. Um, you know, this is something that we need to just do a disclaimer right off the bat. We are learning this new every day, this overprotectiveness and how to handle it. Um Let me just give you a story to kind of kick this off as to why the show is even happening. You're smiling at me. I don't. I'm I'm just sitting here ready to get the show going. I don't know what's going on. He's like ready to ready to go, like ready to debate is what he looks like. These are not boxing gloves. I'm going to take these off. I'm going to set them under the desk. All right. So we have a daughter going into her sophomore year. And last year as a freshman, she came to us and she had been invited to a party. She's my little honey bear. (laughs) So in Matt's defense, let me just say, we're learning to let go and not be overprotective with our first child. That's hard just with your first child, whether it's a boy or a girl, right? And then I feel like, I know this is going to sound sexist, but adding a girl on top of it with that whole daddy-daughter protectiveness thing, it's like two double whammies for Matt to have to deal with. For those of you that are um, probably my age or maybe a little older, you remember Bob Carlyle's Butterfly Kisses song, (laughs) and it's going through your mind right now. Even before you had kids, right? When I was pregnant, when I was pregnant, I remember you saying, oh my gosh, this song. No, no. Okay, so our daughter, as a freshman last year, came to us and she was like, I've been invited to this party. She came to me, actually, because she kind of knows to start with me, I think. <laughs> You're laughing. Come on, let's go. And um, I've been invited to this party, and I said, "Okay, who's going to be there? You know, what what day, what time? Tell me about what you're doing." And she said, "Well, you know, there's there's going to be some juniors and seniors there, and it's a whole mix of people." And she explained the, the dynamic of the group, and you know, parents were going to be home, and and um, all the things, right? Well, I will tell you. I'm not really the overprotective parent. I mean, I am, but I've really gotten better about letting go and trusting God with this. Like, I've really improved. And so my gut reaction, though, was I went to my high school parties and what happened at my high school parties. And y'all know that there's a lot of stuff I'm not proud of as a teenager. And so... Like, I started having conversations with her about, like, well, what are you going to do if if alcohol is there? Or what are you going to do if people start using drugs? 
Or what if other kids are having sex? Like, what are you going to, you know, like, I'm like, I'm having calm conversations, but in my mind, that's where I went, right? And Matt, of course, didn't know any of this was happening. And so we talked it through. And, you know, I really, she's proven herself to me in the company that she hangs around. And I've seen this play out. And so at the end of these conversations and how we talked about drugs and alcohol and sex and we talked about all the things, I felt really confident. And I thought, well, yeah, she's going to go. Like, I want her to go, right? But I couldn't say yes because we hadn't even talked to dad yet. So I came to Matt and by myself and we talked it over and I explained to him all the stuff and what was your reaction I think after I had laid it all out for you and talked about all the great conversations we had had how did you shut me down like do you remember what you said I think I just said no didn't I you may there may have been a a word in front of it opposite of heaven that you used with me like (laughs) that we may not be able to say come on I'm sure that wouldn't have been in my vocabulary. Um, it was a hard no. Let's just put it like that. It was an aggressive, built-up tension no that came out of your mouth. Um, and so, tell me how you felt. <laughs> tell me, well, tell me what was running through your mind because in my mind, I had done the responsible parenting thing and having the difficult conversations about what she would do if something were to went, go wrong. What were you hearing? Um, were you just caught up in my daughter, a freshman, and there are going to be a senior guy there or senior guys? And no. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, just like one of my good friends says um, regarding his daughter, you know, and the idea of dating and that, you know, that is, you know, we know how guys think. Right. And so. Um, so because you thought <laughs> badly about girls when you were that age. I didn't think badly. Well, not badly, but but you thought they were hot. You I, you saw them look, as when I look at when I look at my daughter, right? She I I don't see her as a 15-year-old. I see her in the pictures, you know, as the chip baby that I'm taking care of. First. That's laying on your chest sleeping. That's, that's the little the, girl the you picture. see. Yeah, that's right. That, you know, just whatever she wants, you know, it's that that daddy-daughter thing. And, of course, the daddy-daughter dances and everything else. And so, I, you know, the mature side of me honestly understands that these types of things are important. Um, generations of dads have experienced this. Um, some successfully, some not so successfully. I, look, uh, the emotional side of me says no, not nothing. It's not going to happen. Protect, protect, protect. Right. Um, but the rational side of me that you help bring out as a team here um, recognizes that that these are things that we need to parent. We need to proactively parent these things, and we utilize the the next talk methodologies of having true, sincere, nothing's off the table, open conversations with our daughter and son um, about these very things. So it's important. It's important. I think it was actually helpful that our daughter understood why I had some anxiety about this, not just that I I wasn't saying no for no sake. Uh, I was saying no, you know, and a lot, it really is about me. And that's where I recognized, okay, um, I need to take a step back. 
I think so moms and dads listening, I think what Matt said was a very important point because I refer to it as crazy mom mode, responding with emotions, right? And going off the handle and getting emotional. Matt, though, responded in a way, his emotional response was basically like anger and aggression. That's how he came at it. No, we're not doing that, right? Oh, yeah. Just shut it down. We're not going to deal with it. But they're both, even though they're different, they're both the same response. It's the flesh responding and so, not yeah, the logical response. Well, it's the same net effect, right? right? I mean, look, the reality is I know in three years she'll have the legal ability to truly live her own life however she wants. So in three years, um, she can, she, my opinion doesn't matter. So how did this story get resolved? Let's tell our listeners. It took about three nights of conversations before you were like, okay. You know, honestly, And I the, think the, it was a lot of... I could have dug my heels in and said, no, 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 no. When I, when I finally re- kind of let off a little bit is when I ultimately realized that this is, this is about me. And that, your fear. And, and your and anxiety. my fear, my anxiety. And, and, but what really helped me is whenever you and our daughter said, okay, listen, what is it that's making you upset about this or scared or why are you immediately saying no? And we talked through that. So this is kind of what happened. I'm glad you said that. So um, the next day, my daughter came to me and said, hey, can I go to the party? Like I need to RSVP. I need to let them know if I'm coming or not. And I was very honest with her. And I said, listen, dad loves you a lot. And you're a freshman, and I never envisioned you go into a party with where there would be senior boys, you know, and we need a minute to, like, process this. We trust you. You've showed good judgment, but Dad is struggling with this a little bit, so we got to have some conversation around it. And I think it was that night at the dinner table, you know, she brought it up and said, Dad, what do you need help with? Like, tell me, what, why are you struggling? And, and she allowed me to you know kind of either drop her not necessarily drop her off but she allowed me to drive by before like to see where the house was the night or the night or two before so i knew where it was i knew how to get to it i had you know she she really kind of worked with me yeah right well and she also um i remember you telling her at the dinner table you said something about like i know how teenage boys look at teenage girls like i remember that i was a dude you know i was a guy i I am a guy (laughs) (laughs) i I was before i was married (laughs) that sounded really bad um i i I, what i was trying to say was i was a teen guy at one point um and you're no longer a teen honey um, but she also, I think her response to that was really good is, oh, dad, these are my friends. These are, I don't look at them like that. This is not any, you don't have to worry about this group, you know, because, um, and so I think that reassured you, like it was more of a friend thing, not a, oh, I'm going to try to find, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. I also offered to let her take one of my handguns, but she said the purse that she had wasn't big enough. She did not. He did not offer that. That that was a joke. Um, (laughs) But she ended up going. She did. She ended up going. And I I survived. uh, He survived. We had systems in place. Like if something were to happen and it went crazy, like things she could do to get us there. 
because uh, she wasn't she's not driving yet on her own. So we had to drop her off and pick her up. One of our terms was, you know, uh, some of the other kids were offering to take her. And that was one of our lines. Like, you're not going to get in a car with somebody we don't know yet. Now, having said all that. So it was a topic, compromising. It was. The top of topic of the show is um, overcoming overprotectiveness. Uh, this hasn't been a one and done thing. No. So um, still overcoming it. So we're still, yeah, we're still, we're still overcoming it. We're still overcoming it. But what I thought thought was hilarious was after the party, when she come back that night, she got home. You went and got her. You know, you didn't go in the house or whatever. You just texted her and said, I'm here. So we didn't embarrass her. She got in the car. She came home with you. And it was so great because it's late at night. I mean, it's 12 or 1. I don't know what time it was. And I was laying in bed. And she just crawls right in bed with you and I. And she just starts laughing. And we're like, what is so funny? And she's like, oh, my gosh. Like, we had so much fun. And at the end of the day, like, it was such a great party. Like, nobody was doing anything inappropriate that I told them how paranoid y'all were that somebody was going to be doing drugs, alcohol, or sex. And, like, they all laughed at us, (laughs) which I thought was hysterical. But at least we were involved and we were there. And if something did go crazy, if somebody had snuck in drugs or whatever, you know, that she was prepared and yeah. I felt better about that. You know, but I loved that outcome, you know, that they're like joking about it at this party. Like, yeah. and I think one of the guys said, Oh, what typical freshman parents, you know, but good parents. Like, they weren't bashing us. They were like, That's good of your parents, but that's not going to happen here, kind of thing. Cause yeah. they were a good group of kids. That's right. Or my daughter wouldn't have wanted to go. And I've learned that about her. Like, I've learned to trust that a little bit more. It's been a process. It's been a process. If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at 2 p.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is sponsored in part by Pax Financial Group and listeners just like you. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through your donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. There's big news if you are an investment client of USAA. Just recently, USAA announced that a Cleveland, Ohio corporation has entered into an agreement to purchase USAA Asset Management. They have always been an exceptional organization and will continue to serve our community well. But if you are considering a change, this might be the right time to look at San Antonio's Pax Financial Group. 210-881-5700. PaxFinancialGroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through Pax Financial Group. So this is Mandy. I have my husband, Matt, in the studio with me today. Hello. And we are talking about overcoming overprotectiveness. And we just shared the story about our daughter as a freshman last year when she got invited to a party where there were going to be lots of older kids and how we handled that and walked through that as a family. Um, you've quite probably identified that Matt is the more overprotective one. Well, you, you, you've heard the, of the this term, team here. You, you, you've heard the the term um, helicopter mom, right? <laughs> I'd consider myself to be more of a 21st century drone dad. <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> so you know, it just I get you know. You Hoover. 
Or you, how do you, how do you say it? I don't say it right. Hover. Hover. Close. I always say Hoover and they always make fun yeah, of me for it. Yeah, that's a vacuum. You, <laughs> that's what Kim says to you. You say it again for me. Hover. Hover. <laughs> like a drone. Hover. Like a drone. <laughs> I get my words mixed up sometimes. That's all right. Okay. All right. So we got another story because, you know, we laugh about Matt being the overprotective one, but we have to be careful with this because... It could really cause issues in your marriage well, and, on and, how you handle and this. And we, we first started talking about our daughter and overprotectiveness, but the reality is I'm probably equally overprotective with both my daughter and son. You absolutely 100% are. I mean, our son is at the age where he could totally stay home by himself for five or ten minutes while I run an errand. Not happening. You were like, no, you are so, you are equally overprotective. I think we just talk about our daughter more because she's our first one. And she's the one venturing out more. But you are definitely an equal opportunity overprotective father. (laughs) Or what did you call it? Drone? Drone dad. Drone dad. Drone dad. That's, That's funny. Um. So now, you know, our daughter's going to turn 16 and we're car shopping. Oh. <laughs> and we're increasing our blood pressure medicine. This has been hysterical to watch because my daughter wants all the cute little, cute little cars. She loves old. So vintage is good. It's in our budget. Like old, she, that's good. But she wants little and cute and the color matters. The color matters. Dad wants, what do you want? Tank. Well, I'm thinking yeah, late, maybe late 80s, early 90s, Mercury Grand Marquis, something. Um, maybe, you know, if we could go, the heavier and bigger, the better. So you can imagine these conversations. So she had her eyes set on one little car in particular that as a used car we could afford. Yeah. yeah way used car it's in our budget and um i was getting on board with it we would see them everywhere we made up a little name for this car we were if like you were getting on board i was sinking the ship we were getting it on, wasn't i was getting no, on board no and no. let me tell you what happened then dad started doing that drone dad started doing his research <laughs> and what happened <laughs> Well, the I mean, safety ratings were bad on that car these are things that drone dad knows this is my job is to protect and to take things that I've learned through my multiple decades of experience and apply that. Okay, so here's where I want to go with this. Ladies, old Mandy probably would have been dismissive because I've labeled Matt as an overprotective drone dad now, right? And I've said, you're crazy, right? I would have just labeled him as crazy and been like, you got to get past your fear. New Mandy realized that my husband's opinions matter and just because he has been vulnerable and walked in humility and said yeah i'm a little overprotective that doesn't give me the right to use that against you and when he sent me the safety ratings it took me back a minute and i looked at it and i looked all through it and later that night we had a conversation and i said honey I don't think this is you being overprotective. I think this is you being cautious. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you now. This little car, it's out. It's out. It's not safe for her. And so I think this is extremely important to notice. Because sometimes when a spouse will say, "Um, I am struggling with this, or I 
I, we automatically label them when things come up and we don't hear them anymore because we're like, oh, this is your overprotectiveness coming in. And that is going to hurt your marriage. Oh, absolutely. The ironic thing here is, of course, I love cars and I have for a minute forever. And so I, I know a lot about about them. And I, I don't I don't necessarily need the, the data to tell me what's um, safe or not safe. So it's almost intuitive. Um, but but what, what's interesting here is that the more that Mandy and our daughter really kind of um, listened and really, I mean, honestly, the more they kind of broke the barriers down and we had a, a, con- a real honest, open conversation about this over multiple, multiple conversations. Still having them. Um, the more I actually thought, okay, I know how dangerous this little car is, but... Let me, I'll, you know, I'll at least look at it again because maybe I'm missing something. And so I actually started coming in a little bit. Answer still no, but I mean, well, I, I actually moved a little more than I thought I would. Well, and you, we did research, we prayed, we talked to a few of our friends and all of that combined, we were like, this isn't the right car. We don't feel leading in this direction. Um, and it's not out of fear. It's just out of caution. Um, But I think that's what you have to ask yourself if you're dealing with being overprotective. Am I doing this straight from fear? Or am I, is this being cautious? Is this being safe? Is this having a good balance? And there could be a fine line there. And it's not, obviously, it's not with just with cars. It's with cell phones. When you give your kid a cell phone, it's with um, conversations, you know, um, with your kids to and from school or work or wherever the case. It's that, it's that whole culture you build within your home well and if you if you have a parent one of you struggles already with anxiety and worry and fear you're probably going to fall into the overprotective category because you're always what ifing you're always those scenarios are always running through your mind that doesn't always happen with overprotective parents but we've got a list of really good bible verses for you if you text the word afraid to 44222 we'll send you that list that's a great starter list of like not having fear not worrying um because at the end of the day we're not in control of a lot like we can take safety precautions you know we can get her a safe car and compromise on that like something cute for her but it's safe also but at the end of the day we're not in charge of if she gets in a wreck or not like that we're not in charge if right. somebody's texting and driving and hits her we're not in charge of that right and that's hard well that's the practical side of me um really says that no matter what we get her we can't if there were to be an accident it's she's still going to be affected i mean even if we put her in a sherman tank the reality yeah. is she's still at at risk and i think one of the really important things that we need to talk about is how I don't try, because this is something I've learned in this, with this journey with you. I don't try to convince you to do whatever it is we need you to do to overcome your overprotectiveness in front of the kids. Oh, that's huge. Because then it feels like a pile on. Yeah, and I dig in. And just, then the other... I double up. The, I'm like, just forget it. Not and, only forget it, double forget it. Well, you and know? then it becomes like a family joke where, again, anytime you say no, we just label it as an overprotectiveness and not a, okay, this is maybe a Holy Spirit thing that God's using dad to protect yeah. us from something, right? Well, we we play, we do have fun with it. We do have fun, but... but 
we wouldn't we do we don't joke about it but we wouldn't if you came to me and said this is becoming a problem that's true that's correct and i think it it isn't a problem when we joke about it because correct me if i'm wrong you you feel heard and respected like you feel like we hear you your actual concerns yes i know that's absolutely true i mean i can um we joke with it a lot but the undertone is there. It's it's respect and appreciation for my feelings, my experience, and what, what I feel is best. Well, and moms out there, if it's your husband who's being the overprotective one, you know, one of the things, instead of getting mad at Matt, a lot of times I'll just remind myself, you know, he, he loves us. That's why he's overprotective. And I know it's extreme sometimes, and I know the the stern nose get irritating and abrasive but at the end of the day he loves us and he 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 feels like it's his role to protect us yeah absolutely that 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 really is what it's all about and and unfortunately you know i i when we come to difficult decisions like cars again i reflect in on my history yeah. right and um and you were a little bit well extreme different, risky different, with your yeah, cars i mean yes you go to where you go to where I went with the high school party. You go to the cars like she's going to be. I do I driving do. recklessly, street racing, and yeah, I'm which I didn't. Okay, I'm not saying I street raced, but uh, yes, I go to those times and I apply them forward and think that these are going to be experiences that she's going to have to deal with, and that may not necessarily always be true. Well, listen, drone dad. I appreciate your honesty today, and maybe we'll do a follow-up show in a couple years to see how we're working on this issue, because this is definitely a work in progress. Well, and we're hoovering with this idea. <laughs> hovering. Like oh, hovering. Sorry. Hovering. There we go all again. over this idea. Jim's going to love this, that you're making fun of me again. I'm not. I love you. Yeah. Thanks for being here, hon. You got it. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk?